I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. What does a guy have to say when he just recorded uh, so many hours earlier? Last night before I went to bed, I put out an episode, but it's part of the Halloween barrage where I'm going to try to keep recording whenever my kids aren't around. Uh, The problem with that is I got nothing to say. Uh, Last night I talked about getting a printer from my dad. I tried to set it up this morning, and it's all based on using your phone, and it doesn't want to work. So that's annoying as hell. He also gave me a bunch of photo albums. So I've been looking through the photo albums and seeing all these pictures of my mom and dad when they were just little tiny babies. Uh, it's kind of weird. And uh, so I just sat there drinking coffee, looking through them while listening to podcasts. That's not anything worth reporting. Certainly not spooky Halloween. What is spooky is I shaved off the mustache... Uh, last night and uh, my whole face is just putty like I was saying before but this morning as I was brushing my teeth uh, and then I felt all weird as I was trying to wipe off the toothpaste around my mouth and touching bare skin on my face when I'm used to having hair there uh, I noticed that my lip my upper lip is kind of weird it's kind of like Kenneth Branagh's mouth my bottom lip sticks out a little bit so it's not totally just a slit in my face like Kenneth Branagh has, but my top lip is uh, formless. It's just like a turtle's lip. It just hangs down the little dip in the middle. You can't see anything. And I thought, Jesus, I'm an unattractive man. Uh, so I vowed I am not shaving my whole face ever again. It's too weird looking and I don't like it. Plus I'm old, so my cheeks are all puffy and hanging and weird and ugh. So, back to the facial hair. It's the only thing to hide all the grotesqueness that I've got going on in the lower half of my face. Yeah, the upper half's not much better. So that's pretty much all I got. Uh, I'm watching, sitting in my dining room, looking through photo albums, and my frickin' neighbors are out doing yard work. My windows are all big, so they just kind of keep looking in at me. This morning when I woke up, I pushed aside all the drapes to let the light in. And I opened up one that faces my neighbor's house and pulled open the drape and said, Ah, there's Faye sitting right there. They're just staring at me. And so I decided not to wave and just pretend like I didn't see her. The whole thing was awkward. And then, uh, oh, here's a spooky, horrible, horrifying story for Halloween. Uh, somebody used my credit card to try to buy something at an auto parts store for 300 bucks. Uh, got alerted to that. So I rejected it, and then I had to call the place, uh, the credit card, and say, uh, I didn't make that purchase. And then they said, all right, we're going to shut your card down, send you a new card. And I'm like, ah, damn it. I hate that. And then I said, hey, what city did that come from? It's just like somewhere in America. Turned out it was the town, the next town over. So real close. And that shouldn't bother me, but it does for some reason. It means that somebody, I used my credit card and they decided to steal it. And then go try to buy a muffler or something. 
Well, I hope that scared you enough, as it scared me for Halloween. Let's uh, dive into our story. Halloween barrage, Halloween barrage. Just plowing through these stories like nobody's business. Uh, Today's author is W.F. Harvey. Uh, Seems like a fairly normal guy from his photo. He's just smoking a pipe and looking at the camera. Um, William Fryer Harvey uh, was born the 14th of April, 1885, and died the 4th of June. 1937. Known as W.F. Harvey, there was an English writer of short stories, most notably in the macabre and the horror genres. Among his best-known stories are August Heat, which we'll be reading today, and The Beast with Five Fingers. Sounds weird. Described by horror historian Les Daniels as as minor masterpieces. And then looking through the rest of his biography, uh, he seems... Pretty pretty normal. He doesn't have any of the drama from the last two. He just seems like a, a nice, normal guy. So let's hope he writes like a nice, normal guy, because yesterday stunk. August Heat by W.F. Harvey. Pennistone Road, Clapham. Whatever that meant. 20th of August, 190 so we'll never know. I have had what I believe to be the most remarkable day in my life. And while the events are still fresh in my mind, I wish to put them down on paper as clearly as possible. Let me say uh, at the outset that my name is James Clarence Withencroft. (laughs) I am 40 years old. Ooh, in perfect health, never having known a day's illness. That doesn't seem reasonable. By profession, I'm an artist. Eh, not a very successful one, but I earn enough money by my black and white work to satisfy my necessary wants. My only near relative, a sister, died five years ago, so that I am independent. Hmm, always looking on the bright side. I breakfast this morning at nine, and after glancing through the morning paper, I lighted my pipe and proceeded to let my mind wander in the hope that I might chance upon some subject for my pencil. The room, uh, though door and windows were open, it was, a, it was oppressively hot. And I just made up my mind that the, turn page, coolest and most comfortable place in the neighborhood would be the deep end of the public swimming bath uh, when the idea came. Oh, I began to draw. So intent was I on the work that I left my lunch untouched, only stopping to work when the clock of St. Jude struck four. The final result... For a hurried sketch was, I felt sure, the best thing I had done. It showed a criminal uh, in the dock immediately after the judge had pronounced sentence. Uh, The man was fat, uh, enormously fat, and the flesh hung in rolls around his chin. Uh, It increased his huge, uh, uh, sumpy neck. He was clean-shaven, perhaps I should say a few days before. He must have been clean-shaven and almost bald. He stood in the dock, his uh, uh, short, clumpy fingers uh, clasping the rail, uh, looking straight in front of him. The feeling that his expression conveyed was not so much one of horror as of utter, absolute collapse. 
It seemed nothing, and the man, strong enough to sustain that uh, mountain of flesh, I rolled up the sketch, and without quite knowing why, placed it in my pocket. Then, with the rare sense of happiness, with the knowledge of a good thing well done gives, I left the house. I believe that I set out with the idea of calling upon uh, Trenton. Oh, it split up. Again, physical books. The word Trenton got cut in the middle because it goes to the next line. Oh, I just missed my Kindle. For I remember walking along Lytton Street and turning to the right along Gilkhurst Road at the bottom of the hill where the men were at work on new tram lines. From there onwards, I have only the vaguest recollection of where I went. Uh, The one thing of which I was fully conscious was the awful heat which came up from the dusty asphalt pavement and an almost palatable wave. I longed for the thunder promised by the great banks of copper-colored cloud that hung low over the western sky. I must have walked five or six miles when a boy roused me from my reverie uh, by asking the time. It was twenty minutes to seven. When he left me, I began to take stock of my bearings. I found myself standing before a gate that led uh, into the yard bordered by a strip of thirsty earth where there were flowers, purple stock, and scarlet geranium. Above the entrance was a board with the inscription, I guess, Chris Atkinson? It's just CHS period. Atkinson, monumental mason, worker in English and Italian marbles. From the yard itself came a cheery whistle, and the noise hammered blows and the cold sound of steel meeting stone. A sudden uh, impulse made me enter. A man was sitting with his back toward me, busy at work, on a, on a slab of curiously veined marble. He turned round as he heard my steps, and I stopped short. It was the man I had been drawing, uh, whose portrait lay in my pocket. He sat there, Huge and elephantine. Okay, we get it. (laughs) The guy clearly doesn't like anyone who's uh, not the same weight as him. The sweat pouring from his scalp, which he wiped with a red silk handkerchief. But though the face was the same, the expression was absolutely different. Uh, He greeted me smiling as if we were friends Mm, and shook my hand. And I apologized for my intrusion. Oh, everything is hot and glary outside, I said. This seems an oasis in the wilderness. Oh, I don't know about Oasis, he replied, but it certainly is hot. Uh, as hot as hell. You take a seat, sir. He pointed to the end of the gravestone on which he was at work, and I sat down. Oh, that's, a, that's a beautiful piece of stone you got a hold of, I said. Then he shook his head. In a way it is, he answered. The surface here is as fine as anything you could wish, but uh, there's a big flaw at the back, uh, though I don't expect you'd ever notice. It. See, turn the page and there's another word there. You would have noticed it. <laughs> Kindle! I could never really make a good job of a bit of marble like that. It would be all right in the summer like this. It wouldn't mind the blasted heat, but wait till winter comes. There's nothing quite like frost to find out the weak points in stone. Uh, then what's it for? I asked. Oh, the man burst out laughing. Ha, 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 you'd hardly believe me if I were to tell you. Uh, It's for an exhibition. But it's the truth. Uh, Artists have exhibitions. So do grocers and butchers. And we have them, too. All the latest little things and headstones, you know. He went on to talk of marbles, which was best sort that withstood the wind and rain, which were the easiest to work, and then of his uh, garden and a new sort of carnation he had bought uh, 
and at the end of every minute he would drop his tools, wipe his shiny head, and curse the heat. I said little, for I felt uneasy. There was something unnatural, uncanny in meeting this man. I tried at first to persuade myself that I had seen him before, that his face, unknown to me, had found a place in some out-of-the-way corner of my memory, but I knew that I was practicing little more than plausible piece of self-deception. Mr. Atkinson finished his work, spat on the ground, ooh, and got up with a sign of relief. I should do that. Like, as soon as I get done uh, checking out groceries at the grocery store, I just, like, spit on the ground and then walk out. There! What do you think of that? He said, with an air of evident pride. The inscription, which I read for the first time, was this. Sacred to the memory of James Clarence Wellencroft. Born January 18th, 1860, he passed away very suddenly on August 20th, 190- In the midst of life, we are in death. That's a horrible thing to stick on there. For some time, uh, I sat in silence, and then a cold shudder ran down my spine, and I asked him uh, where he'd seen the name. Oh, I don't know it anywhere, replied uh, Mr. Atkinson. I wanted to name some name, but I put down the first one that came to my head. Why do you want to know? Because it's a silly-sounding name, and he thought, well, no one's got this name. It's a strange coincidence, but it happens to be mine. Oh, he gave a long, low whistle. And the dates... I can only answer for one of them, and that's correct. It's a rum go, he said. <laughs> but he knew less than I did, and I told him of my morning's work. Oh, I took the sketch from my pocket and showed it to him. And as he looked, burp. It's amazing how much I burp, because all I'm doing is drinking coffee. As he looked, the expression on his face altered, until it became more and more like that of a man I had drawn. And it was only the day before yesterday, he said, that I told Maria uh, there were no such thing as ghosts. Oh, so he's implying that he's got a wife. That must shock the author. Uh, neither of us had seen a ghost, but I knew what he meant. You probably heard my name, I said. And you must have seen me somewhere and forgotten it. Uh, were you at Clinton-on-Sea last July? I had never been to Clinton in my entire life. We sat for some time. We were both looking at the same thing the two dates on the gravestone, and one was right. Now come outside and have some supper, said Mr. Atkinson. His wife is a cheerful little woman with the flaky red cheeks of a country bread. Ugh. Her husband introduced me as a friend of uh, his who is an artist. The result was unfortunate, for after the sardines and watercress, which had been removed, uh, she brought out the door Bible. And I had to sit and express my admiration for nearly half an hour. I went outside and found Atkinson sitting on the gravestone smoking. Wait, he just left him inside with his wife? How awkward is that? Like, hey, go entertain this guy, feed him, and then read the Bible to him. We resumed the conversation at the point we had left off. Uh, you must excuse my asking, I said. But do you know of anything you've done for which you could be put on trial? He shook his head. I am not a bankrupt. The business is prosperous enough. Uh, three years ago, I gave turkeys to some of the guardians at Christmas, and that's all I could think of. And they were small ones, too, he added in an afterthought. He got up, fetched a can from the porch, and began to water the flowers. 
twice a day regular in the hot weather, he said. And then the heat sometimes gets better of the uh, delicate ones. And ferns, oh, good Lord, they could never stand it. Where do you live? I told him my address. He would take an hour's quick walk to get back home. It's like this, he said. We'll look at the matter straight. If you go back home tonight, you take your chance of accidents. A cart might run you over, and there's always a banana skins and an orange pill to say nothing of falling ladders. I love that, that they live in a world where banana skins and orange peels are like a real thing you got to watch out for and be worried about. He spoke of the improbable with the intense seriousness that would have been laughable six hours before. But I did not laugh. The best thing we can do, he continued, is for you to stay here till 12 o'clock. Oh, we'll go upstairs and smoke. Uh, Maybe cooler inside. Uh, To my surprise, eh, I agreed. We are sitting now in a long, low room beneath the eaves. Atkinson has sent his wife to bed. He himself is busy sharpening some tools at a little oil stone, smoking one of my cigars uh, the while. There seems charged with thunder, and I am writing this at a shaky table before the open window. The leg is cracked, uh, and Atkinson, who seems a handyman with his tools, is going to mend it as soon as he has finished putting an edge on his chisel. It's after eleven now, and I shall be gone in less than an hour, but the heat is stifling. It's enough to send a man mad. Short and punchy? Short and punchy. What what does he think he's Mark Twain? <laughs> a little inside joke for anyone that's ever listened to my previous episodes. Yeah, that was fun. Fun little joke it has shared with my audience. Um Well, what do we learn here today? We learned that even though the author who uh I looked up he's a after I got done recording my little segment about the author, he's a Quaker. Uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, Quakers, they're just modest, nice, modest little people. Uh, turns out he doesn't like anyone that's overweight. So, uh, you can't escape something horrible in every old story that you read. Uh, I guess if you have a premonition of a, a guilty man, and then you draw a picture of that guilty man, and then you see that guilty man in person, uh, I guess don't reason your way out of it, just leave. Don't say hi. You see his face, just go, ah, and then back up and walk off. And if a guy says, hey, why'd you say, wah, at me? Apparently, for this author, it'd be completely reasonable to say, ah, well, you're overweight. But, uh, nope. Instead, he did the polite thing and stayed there and then hung out with his wife, which is weird, and then uh, stayed till late at night for some weird reason uh, and then apparently got killed. Why? We're not sure. Just that burp. It's hot out. Another thing not sure of is why am I burping so much with coffee? It's not carbonated. I haven't eaten anything else this morning. Well, there you go. That turned out to be shorter than I thought, but that's a good thing, because I've got a busy day. I am going to uh, be online with some friends for a few hours, and then I have an actual physical friend coming over, because every October, we always have to watch The Haunting of Hell House with Roddy McDowell. It's a tradition that started back in, I believe, 1994, where 
We both wanted to watch a scary movie. We were two gentlemen in college. And uh, went to the video store. I think we asked my friend's mom, what's a good scary movie? And she said, oh, The Haunting from Shirley Jackson. There's a 1950s movie about it. And so we looked. We couldn't find it. But we found The Haunting of Hell House, which was corny and weird. And uh, it has a lot of wide-angle lenses going on. And so we watched that, and then the next year we wanted to do the same, so we just got the same movie, and then it just became tradition after that. We only skipped a couple of years out of all this time that uh, one of us wasn't available, but this year we're doing it. We're going to watch The Haunting of Hell House, and uh, maybe, I don't know, we'll throw in an American Werewolf in London. I see that's on, uh, that's on uh, HBO streaming or whatever. So I've been a pretty busy boy all weekend. Well, none of that was interesting. So with that, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I guess I'll be recording another episode tomorrow.